Hey, ChatGPT, it's Justin Libernet with the Poplar PropCast. Write an intro for a podcast episode that highlights the benefits of AI in property marketing. Make it fun. Welcome to the latest episode of the Poplar PropCast, where we're diving headfirst into the world of AI and property marketing. Today, we're leaving the dusty old flyers and outdated open house tactics behind and embracing the power of cutting-edge technology to bring your property marketing to the next level. With the help of AI, we're going to show you how to reach the right buyers at the right time with the right message, all while having some serious fun along the way. So sit back, relax, and get ready to discover the mind-blowing benefits of AI in property marketing. Your property sales game will never be the same again. Okay, my fault. Do it again, but for single family home rentals marketing. Welcome to the latest episode of the Poplar PropCast, where we're taking a deep dive into the world of single-family home rentals and the incredible power of AI in marketing them. If you're a landlord or property manager, you know how important it is to find the right tenants for your properties. And with AI, that process has never been easier or more efficient. From identifying the best channels to advertise your rental to using data-driven insights to target the most qualified renters, we're exploring the endless possibilities that AI can bring to your single-family home rental marketing game. So get ready to revolutionize the way you approach rental marketing and join us for a thrilling ride through the world of AI and single-family home rentals. Well, that was pretty interesting. So what I just did is I took and put a prompt into this new model that's called ChatGPT and everybody's talking about and Microsoft is putting it into Bing. And that first part you heard was the prompt that I put in. It gave me a response that was close, but was actually for property sales. So it heard property marketing and it saw sales like realtor sales of properties, properties on the MLS, properties for sale by owner. So I asked it to do it again for single family home rentals and then it got it. But what I will point out is it has a couple problematic words in there. It says, uh, find the right tenants for your properties, which is okay, but there's a, a dangerous push there where, where it's like, who's the right tenants, who are the right residents? And that, that can get a little problematic. Um, so what we wanna talk about today is all these AI tools, how you can use them, and when you're using them, how you can stay compliant with the Fair Housing Administration, how you can stay compliant for your realtor or your licensed agent duties, like to make sure that you're not misrepresenting the property. So we're going to go through a couple of things. We're going to start off talking about the history of AI and the history of AI and property management. And there's some really interesting things that have been happening behind the scenes that uh, you probably knew were there, but didn't know counted it as AI and are what's really bringing this next crop to the surface. Uh, and then we're going to dive in. We're going to spend some time talking about uh, exactly how to use them, which software, which websites, what they can do for you, what they can do for your property listings, what's happening in the background, so that you understand it enough to tell a potential client why they can't just do it themselves. It'll be kind of messy. Um, that's kind of what I'm going to share with you that I've discovered in our kind of walk through this piece. And then we're going to talk about all the stuff that's come around lately. This is the, the cool stuff that's everything from the photos to the speech generators. It's really neat. And then the last piece we'll talk about is what this looks like for the future of property management, property marketing, and property search. Because all those things are going to be affected by this stuff. So we want to make sure that we're 
aware of how that kind of is going to play out for us. To dial it back and take a quick look, like really far back into the idea of thinking machines, right? So the idea that there's a machine that can equal a human's intelligence. That's, that's true kind of radical AI is a full consciousness. We don't have any of that. We don't have anything that's conscious. We don't have anything that, that is truly aware and alive. We had that uh, researcher that came out at Google that said that his uh, chatbot was conscious. Um, that was an interesting story for a while. It's fun read, but there's a thing that these newer models do that we'll get into that makes them look real or look compelling. And that's because that's what they're trained to do. They're trained to look compelling. And I'm going to use pronouns in this that make them sound like things are, are more like people than things. Like I'm going to say they. Um, I I do that because of the way that we kind of humani- uh, anthropomorphic personification of animals and, and you know, computer systems and stuff. We do that. So my verbiage has not matured to the point where I can talk about these really well. But I'm going to do my best. I just want to preface this whole thing by saying if, if you're going to sit back and critique my critique, that's fair. I agree. <laughs> my, my discussion of these systems is not in a perfect form of language. I'm kind of talking through these ideas with you now so I can get to the point where I can show you what we can do. So um, the Tin Man was probably one of the earliest kind of robots. And then there's a, a humanoid robot in Metropolis. So the cool stuff in the the cool stuff in that science fiction period was all kind of these walking around robots, fully people that present kind of as as people with an intelligence. But the guy that kind of there's a lot of stuff that flows around in the background of this. But the person that's probably most people are familiar with that's really the beginning of AI and has a lot of stuff to say on this is Alan Turing. You may have seen Enigma or the. Um, the other one that had Benedict Cumberbatch in it. So you've got these these movies about the Enigma machine and cracking the code that ends World War II. And that guy is Alan Turing. He was a mathematician and a code breaker and a super, super smart guy. And he was exploring specifically the mathematical possibility of artificial intelligence. Like what would, how would that work? What, how can we compare it to people? So he suggested that humans use available information and reason. So why can't machines do the same thing? So I wrote a paper in 1950 called Computing Machinery and Intelligence. And he, he talked literally about how to build intelligent machines, and he talked about how to test their intelligence. And this was the Turing test that you may hear about. That's the, the way that you tell if something is actually counts as being um, f- that good of an AI. Uh, also called the Imitation Game. Uh, that was the That was the... Benedict Cumberbatch one. So you got Enigma and The Imitation Game are the two movies. Um, Turing says that if a human that's looking at natural language conversations, if you're looking at that, you should be able to tell that one of them is a machine. If two people are talking and you're a third party that doesn't know which one's a person and which one's a machine, you should be able to tell the difference. The point at which you can't tell the difference is where the Turing test is passed. It's the point at which it goes, okay, this is this is past the Turing test. Now, it's a it's a really interesting kind of criteria for this, and there are arguments around this to be made in a lot of different ways. I think that that Google engineer that was talking to his AI and said, my AI has consciousness, is a good place to start. 
because I do think that some of these things are doing very well in the invitation game. Uh, they're doing really well at making it sound like two people in a conversation, which is just, you know, phenomenal. <laughs> and you have this, this development that's happening now. But one of the early stuff they started doing was they played around with uh, tic-tac-toe. Uh, that was famous in the Matthew Broderick movie War Games, uh, that there's no easy way to win tic-tac-toe. Um, then they talk about, they do chess, they do go, they do, they make these machines that are able to play games that have very specific set of rules. But the weird thing is that you've got this certain set of criteria inside of conversation where it's pretty easy to detect that they're not playing by the rules. Think about how in America we have these different local vernaculars. We have these different patois, these different pigeons, these different sets of expressions. Everything from, do you say Coke, pop, or soda? And that's a language rule that can identify what part of the United States you're from. Like that's, that's nuts that there's such kind of clear rules that we pick up on as people. So when you're watching a language game as a touring test, those are the kind of cues and looks or pieces you're looking for. So that's to say that what it's doing now, you can kind of go, yeah, yeah, it, it passes the Turing test, but it's not necessarily, well, it's, it's not conscious. I'll say that straight out. The other piece that we've encountered constantly on the internet lately is the uh, click to prove you're not a human and select everything that has a boat in it. And these are things that AI struggles with. So what we've done is we've picked word games and picture games and movement games that AI can't do well. They are not good at figuring those things out. Some of them are also training AI. The is this a boat, is this not a boat is famously training some of the AI for uh, picture recognition. And we're just kind of farming out the labor for it and turning it into a password or authentication check. Those pieces in particular, especially the stuff around like image recognition and stuff, and the behavior before you click, I am not a robot, actually aren't so much AI, they're more machine learning. There's there's kind of three things to talk about. There's algorithms, which is just complicated mathematical equations, right? So algorithms consistently have a structure of input, output, input, output. Uh, machine learning goes, give me a big old data set, and with a big enough data set, I can figure out what is likely a picture of a bee based on certain characteristics, right? So the biggest difference between just a set of algorithms and just some machine learning and actual AI is that AI is going to be able to deal with something that was unforeseen. So Boston Dynamics Atlas Robot is a really fascinating piece of capable AI. Algorithms are the kind of things that you put into an Excel spreadsheet and so all you have to do is change the variables and all your new outputs cascade out. Machine learning is when you put your equations into a Google sheet and it goes, hey, it looks like you wanna do this. Is this what you wanna do? Do you want all of these in this column to be the same equation before you've told it to do that? That's, that's kind of a way to think about those three things so you have some kind of a feel on it. Changing gears a little bit, there's a bunch of stuff that does have direct application of algorithms and machine learning that have been very prominent for a very long time. Uh, well, I say a long time, 
Um, it depends on how long you've been around, whether it's a long time or not. And those are the stuff that came out of Lotus Notes in Excel, where you could just kind of put in your algorithms and then they generate out. And that kind of turned into more robust uh, platforms. Like I said, Google Sheets will now predict what you're trying to do next. And I think an interesting example of this was Clippy. Clippy was watching you and be like, oh, it looks like you're trying to write a resume. But what Clippy was really doing was going, watch for these specific formatting cues. And if you see them or these specific words pop up and offer to help and say, hey, are you are you doing this? I think you are. And then it help you it'd offer you templates and formatting. So that's the second part of the algorithm. It's, it's predictive. Yes or no. Yes. Here's a new result. So that's that flow. But in the last geez, 20 years, the biggest piece has been the ad engines that have been running in the background behind Google ads and SEO and more recently Facebook ads. Those are all a really complicated suite of algorithms that's trying to figure out if they're doing stuff right. So they serve up a bunch of results and then depending on which one you click, it goes, aha, when people ask this, this is probably what they're looking for and so that improves its search ranking. The other side of that is Google ads and the, the ads proper as well as Facebook ads where you go, well, here's, here's my content and here's what I want to happen. And then Google and Facebook are gonna go through and start just showing it to people and going, what, what about this? Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? And now here's the part you've been waiting for. When talking about property management rental listings, the ones that really kind of are doing that are Zillow with recommended listings, apartments with recommended listings, truly like all the networks now have recommendation engines where they're consistently going, you looked for a four bedroom, two bath in this area. Guess what? We have a bunch more. Here's where they're at. Is this what you want? And if people click on those emails and open those emails, they go, cool, these are the right things to send out. If they don't, those properties get weighted down. We've also seen this quite a bit in the voice recognition and response by robots when you're calling in to kind of be routed. Instead of having the press one to talk to this person, press two to talk to this person, it's the, hello, I'm a robot. Who would you like to talk to? Please say their name or their extension. Hello, I'm a robot. Please say or enter your credit card number. All that stuff is taking the voice patterns and it's using machine learning on those as well and going, these vocal patterns are most likely this. And if you think about it, that's kind of what we do for the first several years of our life is try and recognize vocal patterns and go, okay, that's a letter, that's a word, but without the equipment to go, that's a letter, that's a word. So this is where it gets interesting to talk about the crossovers between machine learning and AI. Let's put that aside for a second and let's talk about the AI related tools for marketing a property that have been available for several years, many, many years. Um, the photo taking products like Matterport and Inside Maps are very good at taking these, making these 3D renders and stuff, but they do it in two fundamentally different ways. And this is why it's interesting to talk about these two guys next to each other. Matterport does a point scan cloud with its really cool camera. So it's shooting lasers and measuring how long it takes them to go out and come back. And then it can build a 3D model off of that. Not only is it a 3D model, but it is a, a picture accurate 3D model because it actually collected individual pixels of the house. Fascinating, not AI. What that is, is that's math. It's doing math and putting it together and it's really, really cool and it makes for some very compelling 
photos and very compelling everything from floor plans to photos and all all the 3d dollhouses you see there's a company called inside maps and they did a different approach and this is more of a machine learning close to ai lots of algorithms but we'll we'll call it in the same camp because it's super useful so what inside maps has done is instead of taking a really really complicated camera that's shooting lasers all over the place it was using an ai model that it trained and it basically took an iPhone and put it on a little spinny rotor and that spinny rotor would spin around and take 30 pictures in each location you set it. But in those pictures, it was overexposing, underexposing, and then normal exposing every angle. And it took all those angles and it put it into its machine that knew how to do this. And from that, it reconstructed HDR photos, so you get that full, really nice span of resolution where the lights are visible and the darks are visible and you can see everything inside. And it also structured the floor plan off of that, but it didn't have the true measurements. And this is the big difference between Matterport's approach and Inside Matches Maps approach at it, a couple of years ago. Now there's there's different approaches happening with them. But Inside Maps was using a machine learning model and AI to figure out the floor plan. It also used that same machine learning pattern recognition to go, okay, the wall area is this much, the carpeted area is this much, the tiled floor is this much, and producing a really comprehensive guide to the house off of these scans. And because it was doing so much of this in machines, it, it's, it's quite competitive in price, especially when Matterport's larger laser camera was was in the three to five thousand dollars to get a camera now a lot of them will work off of the insta 360 they will work off your phone because your phone now has the distance measure the lasers in them it's how you scan your face it's how they know how to do the um portrait mode where it focuses the background so both matterport and inside maps make phenomenal sets of photos but where i think inside maps has the edge is that it's just doing it. It's running it. You go, hey, I would like to have this many photos from each room and this many photos, and they're in this order, and it will produce them for you. And it's really good at figuring out what would be the best photos out of these hundreds and hundreds of photos it's taken. And if you don't like them, you can always go in and, and do it again. And at the same time, you get a floor plan, like a really good floor plan for your property. And they also go in and they do, they check in on your appliances and get the make model serial number so you have those to access in your portal and can kind of go okay we need to go fix the heater here's what it is and giving a vendor that information ahead of time is really useful so Matterport's very good it's super easy to use inside maps is very good you can order them and they'll send them out or you can do them yourself they're also very good so both of those are really good products that are kind of using that modern stuff. Matterport has moved more and more into the, the AI model. They've gotten some investments and they're kind of going that direction too. Inside Maps is very, very good at what they do and put that together. Both of those are used by our company. Um, they're very, very good at making marketing photos. We're past the time where you need to send somebody out with a DSLR to take photos for a normal rental because a DSLR send out is going to cost you several hundred to several thousand dollars and then there's the add-ons for the package with the drone and do you want a 3D walkthrough and you're paying extra for all these add-ons when if you just do the Matterport or just do the inside maps you have very good marketing stuff that would be 
unthinkable 10 years ago. You have all that. It's only going to cost you a couple hundred bucks a property. Like it's not an exorbitant cost. It makes a lot of sense financially, especially on a property that's going to rent for less than $2,000. If you've got a property that's up in the four or $5,000 range, you might want to do drones. You might want to do DSLR. But that's because of a different audience you're catering to. You're also catering to a realtor shopping for a relocation or a company shopping for a relocation instead of just a family, instead of just a couple of friends out of college, right? People shop differently depending on the price categories they're in. And because of that, you can be perfectly competitive in with Inside Maps or Matterport and not need to go for the spend on DSLR and drones and all the cool stuff that's out there. It's not gonna hurt, but it's also not gonna help. And part of the reason for that is the way that things like Zillow, Apartments.com, and all the others work. They have a couple of criteria that they've shown again and again are the way people shop. The first thing people are gonna look for is price. The first thing, people go, I can spend this much and I wanna be here, right? So they're gonna pick a price and a location and then they're going to expand their location before they up their price they sit there and they go cool i can spend up to two grand nothing in this space is two grand i'd be willing to drive half hour for more space and a yard and whatever my criteria are but at less than two thousand dollars that's the logic they're not going who's got the best photos cool what's it cost they don't shop like that And because when they're shopping for rentals, they don't shop like that. The other piece that really helps and both Matterport and Inside Maps gives you is in Zillow specifically, if you have a 3D tour, you can put it in there and it's going to give you preferential treatment in the algorithm because people like those. People like going, ooh, it feels like I'm in the house. That's a fun way to shop. So my recommendations are those two. Make sure you get them. Load them up, load them in. Let's talk a little bit about the opening tool that I was playing with, right? So it's called ChatGPT. You can go to openai.com and sign up for an account with OpenAI. And then you go to chat.openai.com. And you can use this for free. There are times it will be overloaded and too many people will be in it, but you can use it for free. And whenever you want to jump in there and get some help from ChatGPT, it can do a lot for you. There's three things that I think are really useful for ChatGPT to do for you. The number one is helping to write property descriptions. And I say helping to write because you're gonna get something back that's good, but might mention a fireplace or a basement on a property that doesn't have one. So when you're using ChatGPT for this, you wanna be very careful about taking what it gives you and modifying it to accurately reflect the property and the neighborhood. For example, if I type into ChatGPT, write a property description for a four-bedroom, two-bath home in San Diego that has natural light, a small yard for a dog, and easy access to downtown, here is its response. Looking for a spacious and bright home that's perfect for both relaxation and entertainment? Look no further than this stunning four-bedroom, two-bath gem in sunny San Diego. Boasting ample natural light that floods the open living areas, this home creates a warm and inviting atmosphere perfect for any occasion. With a cozy yard that's perfect for your furry friends, this property offers a perfect space for your pets to stretch their legs and enjoy the sunshine. 
conveniently located with easy access to downtown. You'll have all the best restaurants, shopping, and entertainment just minutes away. Don't miss out on this opportunity to live in one of San Diego's most sought-after neighborhoods. Book your viewing today. So that's pretty good. It did a lot that's really nice. But I don't know if it has an open living area. This could be a four-bedroom, two-bath that's a shotgun. It just happens to have a lot of windows. So I'd check against the open living area and make sure that's, that's accurate. When it talks about easy access to downtown, it says the best restaurant, shopping, and entertainment just minutes away. I'd probably change that to you'll have all the downtown restaurants, shopping, and entertainment within 20 minutes. You know, So you go through and you modify them. So the stuff that's there and kind of bumps into things you take out. The other one is most sought after neighborhoods. I'm always cautious with saying this is a great neighborhood. This is the best neighborhood because there's a lot of stuff that comes in that that's weighed around the history of redlining and just kind of going, this is a great neighborhood. Why? That's just, you don't want to get into that. So when it gives you something back, go through it and change it to make sure that as a property manager, as a realtor, you're comfortable with it. It accurately represents the property and modify the things you don't like. So it's amazing for doing that. The other thing it's really nice for doing is making promotional copy. For example, I can tell it to write a 30-second radio spot for a property management company in Las Vegas called Poplar Homes that offers competitive rates, a rent guarantee, and eviction coverage. Here's what it gives me. Upbeat music starts playing. Announcer. Are you a landlord looking for a hassle-free way to manage your properties? Look no further than Poplar Homes, the premier property management company in Las Vegas. Background sound effects of happy tenants. Yay! Announcer. Our competitive rates, rent guarantee, and eviction coverage will give you the peace of mind you need to enjoy your rental income without the worry of unexpected costs. Sound effects fade out. Announcer. So whether you're a seasoned investor or a first-time landlord, trust Poplar Homes to help you achieve the success you deserve. Contact us today and experience the difference for yourself. Music fades out. Announcer, Poplar Homes, your partner in property management success. That's pretty good. I don't really have to do much to that. And I have a script that hits our high points. It's even got the beats that we need. And it's right inside of the time that I asked it for. Now, I could go ahead and produce that and put it on the air. But what I'm missing is a call out to a specific phone number or a website. In our case, it'd be poplar.homes slash pod, poplar.homes slash pod. I'm sure you've heard me say that before. By the way, all of that in the commercial I just asked it to make is true. We do all those things. But that's phenomenal that it can do that, right? So you've got your property descriptions it can do, your promotional copy. And then the last one I want to put out is that you can get a lot of blog ideas out of this if you want. You just jump into chat GPT and say, give me five blog ideas for a property management company that highlights owners and investors needs. And the response chat GPT gives me is one, five reasons why property management services are essential for real estate investors. Two, maximizing your rental income, how a property management company can help. Three, the importance of tenant screening, how Poplar Homes helps owners find reliable renters. Four, avoiding legal troubles, the benefits of eviction coverage and property management. Five, Stress-free property management, how Poplar Homes takes the hassle out of owning rental properties. Now I want to point out two things here. One, a lot of these topics we have covered in blogs before, so this isn't new ground for us. But you'll notice it mentioned our name. In the fifth one, it says how Poplar Homes take the hassle out of owning rental properties. I didn't tell it to give me five blog ideas for Poplar Homes. 
But in our conversation so far, I've said the company's name, so it remembers. It did it twice, actually. It did it in three and in five. Um, the the stuff this is this is doing and getting ready for is, is incredible. So everybody get into ChatGPT and jump in and start looking at how you can write property descriptions, you can write advertising copy, and you can get blog and content ideas out of it. When you're looking around to try and figure out how to get marketing photos for your property that are reasonable and have added benefits, talk to Matterport and talk to Inside Maps. That's insidemaps.com. And ChatGPT is at chat.openai.com. The last thing I want to talk about is the future state of this. So Microsoft has direct use and utility of ChatGPT. They basically are integrating it into everything that they make. Bing is the first one, and it's currently in this beta process where if you're in the beta, you can start using ChatGPT. And instead of asking it questions and it having just, here's a bunch of links that may tell you the answer. It starts doing this chat GPT stuff off on the side and telling you the answer. Google freaked out by this. Their stock dropped like 8% and justifiably so. So what that says to us that the investors are seeing is that there is a chance that this could change the entire search game. If it's not necessary to drop out of the search window and go to a website to get your answer, you might just stay in the search window. The current Bing beta has links out from the chat to the articles that these ideas are coming from, which is good. But this could change the whole thing I was talking about earlier, which is the SEO and the way that we cultivate page ranking and become a leader in the information economy. I don't know how that's gonna shake out. I just wanna mention it now, because it's something that will happen and it will shift everything. This is very similar to how Apple blocked Facebook's tracking technology, so they couldn't track everything that you were doing on the phone, even though you weren't using Facebook at the time. That's changed how Facebook works. It's wiped billions off of their stock. So when you see these movements that just annihilate a company's stock, that tells you something. That tells you that these analysts that are looking at this and saying, okay, what does this change? And if they go, it affects Facebook's ad bottom line, all their revenue. It affects Google's Facebook or Google's ad bottom line, all their revenue. They're telling us what they think is going to happen to the actual tools. This isn't just a market move. This is a market move in response to new information about a product. And this chat GPT and the integration with Microsoft is very much what's happening here. Microsoft's next step is to integrate chat GPT into all of its stuff, all of its office stuff, which is kind of amazing because the things I've seen is having a Teams meeting. And at the end of the Teams meeting, it goes, okay, well, Justin said he was going to do X, Y, and Z. Chuck said he was going to do X, Y, and Z. And Anya said she's going to take care of A, B, and C. And here are a write-up of all the important points from the meeting. And here is, it's basically doing a, a, a secretarial summation and job assignment um, in terms of emails and uh, Word. I think it's really interesting, but we are kind of getting clippy back because as you're writing, it's going to recommend stuff. So Google's been doing that in their emails for a while where you start typing, you just push tab and it'll autofill. Apple's had it in their text messages where you can predictive text. Um, it's kind of bringing Clippy back. And so I would love it if they renamed ChatGPT 
Clippy GPT or something. He just pops up and goes, ah, it looks like you're writing an email. Can I help? Which would be a lot of fun for kind of everybody. So I hope you got something out of this. Um, we're not directly affiliated with these guys. We are using them. And I'm perfectly comfortable giving you guys this information because this all takes, it still takes work, it still takes effort, and it still takes cleanup. So if you need help doing that work, you can always reach out to us. We are Poplar Homes and we are a property management company. I'm going to have ChatGPT write us an outro app. And with the prompt, hey, ChatGPT. Write a podcast outro that highlights the benefits of professional property management with rent guarantee and eviction coverage at the website poplar.home slash pod. Here's what it gave me. That's all for today's episode of the Poplar Propcast. We hope you've enjoyed exploring the exciting world of professional property management and learning how Poplar Homes can help you take your rental property game to the next level. With our industry-leading rent guarantee and the eviction coverage, you can rest easy knowing that your investment is protected. And our dedicated team of property management experts are always on hand to make your life as a landlord as stress-free as possible. To learn more about our services, visit us at poplar.home slash pod. That's poplar.home slash pod, where you'll find all the information you need to get started. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on the Poplar PropCast. <laughs>